Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart and if you can, your Bibles and receive this word from the Lord recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. On, on Jesus, my atonement. I really have to teach it because yesterday was Yom Kippur. For those of you that are not familiar with that, Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the Jewish calendar. It's the holiest day. It's the, it's the day of repentance. Uh, it's the day where you get one year of no judgment because you've just repented. You know, it's funny because at least in the Old Testament, they give you one year. Man, church folk don't even give you a week now. Uh, it's crazy because, you know, and it was a time where they would get forgiven and all this stuff. And so as I was preparing for this, I started to seek the Lord about some things. And uh, as I was in Dallas and all of a sudden, some things just started to pop into my spirit pop into my spirit and all of a sudden I started to understand man this Jesus guy is way too cool in fact he shifted some things around to do it his own way amen and especially for those of us who uh, if you love Israel like me if you love Israel shout amen. amen I love Israel I love Israel and I love it deeply but I love Israel because I'm a Christian <laughs> I love Israel because I'm a believer in a Jewish man that died for me but I'm also aware of the fact of what he did and how he did what he did. And if I don't understand that, I will walk around being a Christian pretending to be a Jew. All right. Listen to me. If I don't understand that, I'll walk around wearing things I shouldn't be wearing on my body. That look absolutely crazy with my skin color. And I had no business walking around with cloths and shawls and, and yarmulkes and, and, you know, things hanging out of you. I have no business to do with that. And you have to understand the context. Listen to me carefully. Because if you don't get it, we will start trying to live out something that was never meant for us to be. That was never meant for us. It was never supposed to be for us. Now, while I am very much, I'm going to say this carefully. While I am very much a Zionist. I am. I love, I love Israel. I, I am not the believer who is trying to pretend to be a Jew. We were having a meeting where every single person in the meeting got healed. It has only happened once or twice in all my years of ministry. In fact, we were asking people, would you check your knees? <laughs> Look at your toes. I mean, every single person got healed. We had too much follow. We had crazy miracles happen. Every single person got healed. And we were like begging people, Look for your toenail. Is it too long? I mean, <laughs> look with anybody else. And a lady comes up on stage and she had her prayer shawl on and uh, walked up on stage and was completely bent over. And if you know me personally, you know that. It's a sensitive thing with me. I, I just don't like Christians pretending to be Jewish. I want to be a Christian who supports Israel being very Christian. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Does, has God forsaken Israel? No, Paul makes it very clear. He hasn't replaced it. He hasn't forsaken it. He's got a plan and it's a beautiful plan. But me as a believer needs to understand who I am. And as the lady walked up on stage with this cloth on, uh, she said she'd been sick for how many ever years? I don't remember the details, completely hunched over, bent, and the power of God was so strong, everybody was getting healed. There was no chance she was not going to get healed. And so I looked at her and I said, uh, lady, would you please take that, that cloth off your back? Oh, Lord, you'd think I asked her to undress. <laughs> she got so mad at me. She said, do you know what this is? She goes, it's my prayer closet. I said, where do you find that in the new covenant? Where do you find that in Jesus? He is my prayer closet. Amen. He is my hiding place. Amen. He is my secret place. 
He is the shelter of the Most High that I abide under. And so I said, lady, take that off. There's a lot of people in the audience, and she could not say no to the preacher publicly. <laughs> but I could tell she was annoyed, and she did not want to take it off. I said, take that thing off. She took it off. I said, now in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Boop, her back pops out. All <laughs> her sounds all over, completely healed and restored. And she was jumping around. I said, lady, this is personal, but come here. How long have you been wearing that prayer shawl? Six months. I said, how's that working out for you? <laughs> One moment of faith Amen. did what six months of prayer stalling didn't do. Amen. Amen. See, there, there's some things that we have caught on to in the name of being pro-Israel that is not a part of the new covenant. And the apostle Paul was attacked for this because he was telling the people, you don't have to try to be or pretend to be Jewish to be a new covenant believer. You can be who you are because the just are not saved through circumcision. It is not saved by trying to become Jewish. The just are saved by faith, faith and faith alone. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. In fact, he goes on to say, was Abraham called when he was circumcised? No, circumcision meaning the process of sanctification or purification. That came after he was called by God. Why was he called? Because he believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Are you listening to me? It is as simple, as simple as that. It's not complicated. Don't get more deep than that. It's the just shall live by faith. If I believe in the righteousness of God, that makes me righteous. Not what I do, not what I don't do, not what I put on, what I, what I take off. Are you listening to me, church? Let's lose these pretenses that we have tagged along because we don't understand the new covenant. Now read with me please. Hebrews chapter 7. I don't intend to keep you very long. But stay with me. Hebrews chapter 7. I'm going to start reading from verse number 11. How about that for an Indian guy? 711. 7 verse 11. If you're there, give me a loud yes sir. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another, another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron? That one verse would shut down every argument if only we would read it. That one verse would shut down every argument of people trying to be, pretending to be Jewish, trying to put on stuff. That would shut down the argument immediately. This is something that we don't understand, so we try to do it. Most of the customs that you see church folk doing are customs that are under the Levitical order. Amen. Come on, let the elevator go up. Think with me. Think with me. Most of the traditions, most of the things we put on, most of the things, we, those were customs that came to us through the Levitical order. We as New Covenant believers are not priests under the order of the Levites. In fact, it says, therefore, if 
of perfection were through the Levitical priesthood for under it the people received the law what further need was there for another priest meaning that was not enough it was not perfect and so there was a need for another priest not in the order of the Levites or the people of Aaron but under the order of Melchizedek are you listening to me this is so good beloved as a new covenant believer you're not a pretend Levite because you ain't one to begin with so don't walk around pretending to be one I'm going to grow my hair I'm going to grow my beard I'm going to be a Levite I'm a Nazarite no you ain't you are Jesus I shut up and sit down What further need was there for another priest should arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Now verse 12, be with me. Read with me, ready? For the priest being changed. Why? Of necessity. There is also a change of the law. My God, say thank you, Jesus. See, he's saying we're not anymore under the law that was given to the Levitical priests. We are not under the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become that curse for us. How is it that Jesus fulfilled the law? Because he became the fulfillment. He fulfilled it, not only fulfilling it, he became... Here's the funny thing. The Bible says Jesus fulfilled all the law, right? That means he should not be punished. He is the only one that could actually bypass the punishment. And I could still, in him, have access to all the blessings. But Jesus didn't stop there. He wanted to pay even for those that may not, that are dumb enough to live under it. He died so he becomes the curse of the law. He could have received all the blessings of the law because he fulfilled it. I don't know if this is coming home for some of you. All he needed to do was fulfill the law and the blessings were his. All throughout history, history, man tried to keep it. They couldn't keep it. And therefore they were continuously cursed. Not because God was cursing them. It was the other end of the deal. You obey me, you bless. You disobey me, you cursed. And so man kept getting cursed, kept getting cursed, kept getting cursed. And we see it recorded throughout the Old Testament as the wrath of God. When actually it was the reaction of God to an oath and a covenant that man made with him. Is this making sense? Jesus did not have to take the punishment of the curse. And yet he became, he took the curse of the law. Why did he have to take the curse of the law? He never broke one. Right. Preach it. Y'all better be nice to me because I drove a long way. I preached all morning, drive five hours straight into church and I'm preaching. So get used to this jacket and suit and tie and all because you ain't never going to see it again. The only reason I put a jacket on this is without this, I look like a blob of flesh. So here I'm going there. Something about a a leather jacket that just kind of gives you some shape. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) He didn't have to become the curse, and yet he chose to become the curse. Because there was only one thing that needed to be done. The fulfillment of it. It only needed to be fulfilled. Once it's fulfilled, it can be done away with. He didn't just fulfill it. He also paid for those of us who continuously break it. He became the curse. He became the curse and redeemed us from that curse. 
once and forever doing away with that system now saying it's a new covenant the old is gone the old is gone this is a new covenant this is a new covenant and you better believe that beloved because if you walk around pretending to still be the old covenant living under the levitical order guess what you also receive the benefits and the curses of it it ain't because God's mad at you or God's judging you. It's because people are dumb enough to go under a system that brings the curse when they can walk under a system where the curse is already taken by the body of Jesus Christ. All I have to do is by faith receive the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is so good. You got to hear me. Verse 13. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe not only is he priestly in the order of Melchizedek this dude wasn't even born in the lineage of Aaron you think if God wanted you to live under the law he couldn't have made Jesus born into the priesthood that's why John the Baptist was a Levite and rightfully a priest because his daddy was a priest and yet his own cousin not that far away by blood is it wasn't is so good for he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar what was the tribe he was from talk to me Judah Judah there is one tribe that every new covenant believer is a part of in the new testament of all the 12 tribes and that is the tribe of Judah why because it is a tribe of praise amen 14, for it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which the tribe Moses spoke nothing. (laughs) I like how Paul makes his point. This tribe was so insignificant that Paul, Moses didn't even mention it. He spoke nothing. I love it. Are you seeing this? And yet we got people pretending to be in the, under the Mosaic law, under the Aaronic law, bring time to be a Levite. You are not a part of that. You are a believer, not in the tribe of Levi, but in the tribe of Judah. That's why my lion, he is the lion from the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And yet it is far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come, listen to this, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment. See beloved, I am not calling its things names. I'm not the one who is saying this law is bad for you. Paul calls it the law according to the fleshly commandment. Why is it flesh? Because flesh is an enmity with God. The flesh and the law kills, but the spirit gives Oh, come on, help me preach. Emmett, now you got to make up for not being here this long. Come on. The flesh, the law kills, but the spirit gives life. Stop living under the Levitical order. You have been redeemed from that curse. You are now under the priesthood of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. You are not from any other tribe of the 12 of them, except the tribe of the Lion of Judah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, what tribe are you from? Verse 18, uh, verse 17, for he testifies, you, speaking of Jesus, are a priest for how long? Forever. Forever. 
He didn't priest and stop being a priest. He is still my high priest. He is my high priest. I am the little priest. He the high priest. He's my high priest. He's my high priest who makes mediation for me through his own blood. This priest is not just the priest. He himself was also my lamb. That was the sacrifice of my sin. He is the priest and the sacrifice all in one. Come on. Come on. You are a priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. Say thank God for Melchizedek. Thank God for Melchizedek. For on one hand there is the annulling of the former commandment. Why? Because of its weakness and unprofitableness. Now, is this saying that the law in and of itself was bad? No. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law is good. The problem was not with the law. The problem was with man. Man couldn't keep the law. I give this example and I have to do it again. It was not that the law was bad. It's like a shirt that was made that was made perfect. Everything about it is amazing. But it was a misfit for man. If a shirt isn't made to fit you, the shirt is useless. Why are you walking around in... <laughs> Why are you walking around in oversized, overshrunk clothes? You look weird. Which is sadly the state of the church of Jesus today. Wearing big clothes like shawls walking around. For on the one hand there is the annulling of the former commandment. Annulling meaning what? Come on. Annulling meaning what? Cancellation. It is canceled. Beloved, are you reading this? You, the law has been canceled by God. The law has been canceled by God. It's been canceled. Why are you trying to walk back under something that God has canceled? Why are we going back under something that the law has canceled? It's canceled. You're right. Woo! It's canceled. Because of its weakness and unprofitableness. Meaning what? It had no strength. It could do nothing for you. It was weak. It was useless. It was a pill that was trying to solve a problem except you were sick with another problem. It didn't do a thing for you. Some people take it and they think they're getting healed but they're not. It's not made for you. Verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect. I just like the Bible preaching for itself. Preach, Lord. Preach, preach. You preach, word. You preach. I'm just going to say it in a weird Indian accent. But Lord, you preach. For the law made nothing perfect. Go home. The law made nothing perfect. What is the law? Everything that was given after Mount Sinai. Everything that was given after Mount Sinai is a part of the law, of the Mosaic law. You have to understand this, which brings death. Death. There's only one thing the law brings, not perfection. It may tell you what to do and what not to do. It may be good. It may be great for the constitution of a new nation. But as a person, it is useless. It only brings death and condemnation. Why? Because you ain't never going to be able to keep it. The Holy Spirit doesn't empower you to keep the law. I said this three weeks in a row. Because I've been hearing it on TV. I'm a new grace preachers come on TV. Well, the Holy Ghost empowers you to be and keep the law. What? 
that would be God going against himself. Because the whole point of the law was so you would fail. Now if the Holy Spirit helps you pass at what God meant for you to fail, the Holy Ghost and Jesus are fighting with each other. This ain't making sense, is it? Is that, are you listening to me? He was never meant to me to give the law. What does the Holy Spirit do? He leads me in paths of righteousness. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit leads me. He leads me. He don't tell me what to do. He leads me. What does that mean? I just got to follow. The law stands back there and goes, do this. But the Holy Ghost walks in front of me and says, come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Do you really think the Holy Ghost will take you into sin? Why do we have more faith in Ten Commandments than we do in the Holy Spirit? For the law made nothing perfect. You cannot be made perfect by the law. You cannot be made perfect by the law. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope. Say better. better. Through which we draw near to God. Draw near is the word, it's the same word used for the Bible for sacrifice. It's the word for worship. Worship. To draw near to Him. To draw near to Him. We don't draw near to God because we kept the commandments. We don't draw near to God because we read our Bible and we kept the law today and we think we did a few things. No, no, no. We draw near to Him because of a better hope. We draw near to Him because of a better covenant based on better promises. We keep, we, we draw near. Our worship is not dependent on what I did for God. It doesn't matter what you did or didn't do. So don't come in here and look all depressed because you didn't read your Bible this whole week. And then the worship leader has to practically pull his hair out to get you to lift one finger. Amen. Get rid of that guilt. Get rid of that condemnation. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit within you birth the nature to love the Word of God. Guess what the Holy Spirit does? He's always in love with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is madly in love with Jesus and the Father. So guess what when the Holy Spirit lives in you does? He makes you madly in love with Jesus and the Father. Which means I start reading this book. Not because if I don't read it I die. But because I actually want to read it. I start marking and making a big mess of a beautiful Bible. Why? Because I actually love the Word. He puts the desire in me. He puts the passion in me. He puts the fire on the inside of me. You lost your fire? Stop living under the law. Read the first verse 11 again. Then I'm going to teach a little bit. Verse 11. Therefore, if perfection were under the Levitical priesthood, what further need was there for another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? The day of atonement historically was the day when the priest would take the sacrifice for a year of sins. For one year of sins. And he would pay for the sins of the person who would bring the goat. I've told, you that, I've told you that many times. He would put his hand on the animal. And the sins of the man would be imputed into the animal. Now the, the, the animal's purity was imputed to the man. And the man's impurity was imputed to the animal. Now he became pure. And the animal became impure. And then they would take that impure animal and kill it. Amen. As a scapegoat. It would, be, it would be the animal that would take the price. It was on the day of atonement. It was a picture of Jesus Christ. And yet, and yet it was still under the Levitical order. Right. It was a picture of Jesus Christ. In fact, the priest once a year, I'm going to close quickly. Once a year with fear and trembling would go into the holy place one day. And he would come first. Now watch this. You're going to like this one. To what is called the, 
a brazen altar. For those of you that are figuring out where the word brazen came from. Amen. He would come to the place of brazen altar. Now at the brazen altar, there was a sacrifice that was made. Now based on how good the sacrifice at the brazen altar was, he gets the right and the privilege to go in. The brazen altar for us, beloved, is the cross of Calvary where the perfect sacrifice was made. And it's because of the brazen cross, the brazen altar. You find the same brazen altar in the Old Testament with a snake on top of it. It was called a brazen altar, a brazen cross with a brazen snake on it. It's so good. This is so good. I don't have time to go there. I've got to stick with the Day of Atonement. Stay with me. Stop tempting me to jump into things I shouldn't preach right now. And what happened at that brazen altar determined how he entered in. And the priest would come trembling. Why? Because if he got a smidgen of sin on him, smack, he did. Because God was smiting people? No. Because that was the deal they signed. God was offering his goodness in Exodus 19. You will be my people. You will be my priest. You will live under my goodness. They said, no, no, no. We will live under the law. Okay. If you live by the law, you are. You die by the law. You're judged by the law. And so now they brought upon themselves judgment that God never originally meant for them to have. Think about this. If in the Garden of Eden, we couldn't keep one, you really think we're going to be able to keep ten? If the perfect man made by God, the perfect man made by God, in his likeness and his image, broke the only one he had, what makes church people think they're going to keep 10 or the other 600? You're right. The audacity to dare and say, I will do it. I will keep it. I, I kept the law. I... No, you don't. You're a liar. You can never keep the law. There's only one who can brag about that and he don't brag about it much. In fact, once he completed it, he abolished it, the Bible says. He did away with it. And the priest would come trembling because if there was an ounce of sin on him, he would die. In fact, they would have a rope tied to his leg with bells on it. So the dude would be walking around because he's trembling already. You can hear the bells chime. And if the bells stop, guess what? He did. He did. And then they would drag his body out of there. That's why in Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus counters that through Paul and he says, let us come boldly. Oh, I don't have to come afraid, afraid, afraid anymore. Why? Because the sacrifice at the brazen altar is pure. God inspected the animal and the lamb was without spot or wrinkle. There was nothing about him. He had no sickness on him. He had no disease on him. He had no pimple on him. He had no zit on him. He had not a single thing on his body. He was pure and spotless. And then God says, the lamb is worthy. Let it be slaughtered. And that lamb was imputed all my spots, all my impurities, all my sickness, all my disease, all my sin, all my temptation, all my thoughts. And all of a sudden, a body that knew no sin became sin. A body that had no clue what sickness feels like became sick with every sickness imaginable. And then that sacrifice was killed. Killed for you and for me killed let us come boldly you don't have to tremble no more 
You don't have to fear no more. You just have to be grateful. You just have to be grateful for what Jesus did. So when it came time for Jesus to die, and I close with this, you would think he'd have picked the Day of Atonement. Because it would have been perfect. We could have so many sermons to preach about it. The Day of Atonement, what a perfect day to die. Why didn't he pick the Day of Atonement to atone for the sins of all mankind? Because the Day of Atonement was instituted after the law. So Jesus jumps back a few days before the law was given and decides to die before the law was given during Passover. Because he respects that one. That was a covenant he made with them. As long as I see the blood, I will pass over them. Lord, let them, let them get this. Let them get this. <laughs> let them get this, Lord. Let them get it, Lord. He, in fact... The reason why the Jews couldn't accept it is they were going, if he really is the Lamb of God, he would die on the Day of Atonement. Jesus goes, no, I'm not going to respect that one. I'm going to do it on the Day of Passover, the original one God meant when he brought the people out of Egypt. That was the Passover. That's why Jesus died during Passover. And we still walking around with our prayer shawls. Pretending to be Levites. When priesthood had changed in the river Jordan. When John the Baptist, the last of the officially God recognized priest, Levite. The last one. <laughs> That's why Jesus said of John the Baptist, there is not one greater than him in all the Old Testament. Even the greatest of the prophets in the Old Covenant are not Anywhere close to John the Baptist. He was the greatest. He was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament. That's why his message couldn't change. <laughs> That's why he was still preaching condemnation to the day he died. That's why the law could not recognize Jesus. It saw him at first and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But when it came time during Jesus' ministry, the same law started to question who he was. said, Go and ask him, Is he the one or should we look for another? Amen. You want to know why people backslide? Because they're living under the law. You might have gotten saved by the law. But all of a sudden you start questioning the divinity of Jesus. You start wondering is he really the one? Does he really save souls? Was he just a man that came in history and died? Is he really the son of God? You start questioning it whenever you've got the glasses of the law. John the Baptist himself did it. And in that river. As the fulfillment of the law. Was in that water. There came another man walking. And the law looks at him and says, I'm not even worthy to wash his sandals. <laughs> Mom preached a lot better than y'all are getting this stuff. <laughs> I am not even worthy to wash his sandals. The law must bow its knee to Jesus. The effects of the law must bow its knee to Jesus. The law must bow its knee to Jesus. Jesus will never bow his knee to the law. <laughs> the law stood Holy Spirit, I pray your people will get this. The law became a replacement for intimacy that God desired with him. The law became a replacement for the intimacy that he desired with his people. God wanted to be number one and they said, no, put the law in its place. Tell us what to do. And those stones... 
Anything that takes the place of intimacy with God. I heard someone say it. Is an idol. And yet we've still been bowing down to two tablets. We're still bowing down to two tablets that stand in the face of God as a reminder of man's rejection of Him. Lord, you ain't getting this. You people aren't getting this. I'm going to get this CD. When it came time for Jesus to atone for the sins of all mankind, He picks a day before the law and dies at Passover. Why? Because He's not a priest in the order of the Levites or Aaron. He's a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Today, it is that atonement. Now I know a lot of church people sitting there trying to pretend to be Jewish and, 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 and worshipping Jesus as if he did it. No, no, no. He didn't do nothing on this day. He did it at Easter, what we call Easter. On resurrection. He did it during that Good Friday we call Good Friday. I wish I had another word for it. That's when he did it. Yeah. Now let this be a reminder that the only thing this annual day of atonement could do was wash one year of your sins. I say this again, church folk, the Old Testament at least gave people one year. We still don't give people two weeks. You mess up tomorrow morning, you better repent or you're going to go to hell for that one. And people would come trembling for that day, hoping their sacrifice was acceptable so their sins could be forgiven. But we have a mediator of a better covenant. Because the blood of bulls and goats cannot, 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 cannot forgive, cannot purify, cannot perfect. There's only one blood that can purify you. And that is the pure, spotless blood of the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world once and forever. Hallelujah. 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 Every area of your life that is still under works, every area of your life that is still under judgment, that is still under the law, it's time to move away from it, beloved. It's time to pick up my prayer life. I don't pray as a Levite. I pray as an order of Melchizedek. I pray as a member of the Son of God. I am a Son of God. I'm no Levite. I'm a Son of God. That's which priest I am. I don't pray because if I don't pray this many times facing a direction, I don't do that junk. I do it wherever I am and I say that name, Jesus. The presence of God comes into that place. I can be in the most depressing place in the world and I just say that name, say it, Jesus. And the Holy Ghost power fills that room. I could be going through the valley of the shadow of death and all I got to do is say that name, Jesus. And the presence of God fills that place. The perfect sacrifice has already been made. I wish I could read the rest of Hebrews. Would you please go do that at home today? Hebrews 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Ooh. It preaches for itself. Hebrews is amazing. I love it especially because Paul is writing a letter to the Hebrews. And he's trying to convince Jews of what was done. 
And sadly, we live in a day where we have to convince Christians of the same thing Paul was convincing Jews against. you wish more people could hear this message folks yes. don't you wish more people could hear this redeeming liberating gospel of Jesus Christ this freeing oh God it makes you want to get up and run Whew. this freeing liberating gospel that's why Paul said I am not ashamed of this gospel for this gospel not that other gospel mixing with the law mixing with your works this pure unadulterated gospel is the gospel of Christ unto salvation Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this. I am not a Levite. I belong to Jesus. I'm not just a priest. I'm a son. I'm a son. My sins are forgiven. Forever forgiven. Past. Present. You better believe it. He has perfected me forever. Hebrews 10. For by one offering has he perfected forever. Forever. I don't have to wait for the next day of atonement. Today, sadly, the day of atonement is human repentance. At least the Jews only did it once a year. We do it daily. That guilt you are walking in every time you mess up is an indication you're still living under the law. I ain't talking about the Holy Spirit leading you into righteousness. I'm talking about that condemnation, that fear, that waiting of gloom, that waiting of judgment to come. Every time you mess up, you didn't read your Bible, oh, it's going to be a bad day. That is from the devil. Because I've been redeemed from every curse. I've been redeemed from accidents. I've been redeemed from sickness. I've been redeemed from Ebola. John G. Lake would dare people this way. And there was, a, there was a plague at that time in that area. And he would say, bring it to me. And they would put it on his hand. Diseases, viruses. They would put it on his hand. And he would say, put a microscope and watch. And as those viruses got on his hand, they would start dying. What would infect people and kill them would die in his hand. God, I pray we get back that kind of faith, boy. Come on now. Amen. Oh Lord, oh Lord, Ebola, Ebola. Ain't no Ebola coming on me. Ain't no Ebola coming on you. Because you've been redeemed from the curse. Ebola is for them under the curse. You ain't under it. You've been redeemed from that curse. This is the good news. This is the good news. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. 
We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at ZCIM.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.